Wow, we've been uh, praising all night the return of a leader of men, a champion of all causes, the effervescent, the king, the master of ceremonies, ringleader, bass fisherman, beer-drinking barbecue specialist, genius, talented, entertaining, the return of serve, the return of glory, the return of... TC and Jake... The whole internet's asking, why can't you eat grass? What's up with that, man? You know, I'd never really thought about it. You know, I saw your tweet and haven't really thought about anything since then. Um, I mean, I guess you could, you know. I'm sure there are cultures where it's pretty common. Now, they probably look for certain types of grass. You definitely can eat grass. You you won't die. Because, yeah, that was like the first mention was someone being like, you can eat grass. I, what, what I'm getting at is uh, that it would be really cool if grass like tasted like cotton candy, but was like <laughs> as good for you as lettuce. You know, like I like I'm not this. This is the kind of small thinking that, uh, you know, these, these are Biden voters that come to me and be like, you can eat grass as it is. I'm a I'm a big picture guy. I I don't say like how is the world. I say how how do I want the world to be, and it's and it's that abundantly around me. All I mean I just think about how much less work you'd have to do, like if you didn't really have to like uh, cook, but also like earn money for food. You know, you could just do whatever. <laughs> well, what if we just settled for it was just like lettuce rather than cotton candy. Uh, I don't know. It seems like the kind of centrist compromise that that I'm not that I'm that I don't want to go for. We'll see how the votes so well. come down. You know, if if I have to make some tough choices, I have to make some tough choices. But uh, I'm I'm hoping that we can uh, galvanize support for tastes as good as cotton candy has the nutritional value of lettuce. Maybe even like a chicken or something. You know, if you ate lettuce all day, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't have enough. I'm just saying that all day, you, every time you're even a little bit hungry, you just reach down, grab up a little treat, start munching on it. And someone, See, of course, another- pointed out that then grass would become a commodity and there'd be no grass around anywhere. And like, again, uh, just make it fast growing grass. I don't know. Fuck. Normative V positive. I mean, I think probably what would have happened is like a collective of grass farmers would have been murdered sometime in the last hundred years. <laughs> uh possibly but you know I'd... well here's my other thing about grass <laughs> uh-huh. is uh i've definitely have had to i used to clean up dog shit like once maybe twice a week and now it's more like every other day oh because no. the baby you know wants to go run around in that part of the yard it seems to be the part of the yard she likes the most Indeed. and does she have any activities she wants to do while she's back there? No, no, no. Just I don't want to. It's you know I don't want to clean dog shit off the baby, and I don't want to while I'm chasing her around get dog shit on me. Sure. So I typically will at least have sandals on. But if I've done it recently, clean up the dog shit, then I'll walk back there barefoot. And it strikes me that pretty much all of the grass you see is covered in piss. Like Because we have squirrels, right? You ever seen a squirrel piss? I haven't, but I'm sure they're doing it as they're running around in your yard. So when you think you're going out for a nice barefoot walk in the front yard, you got your, your lawn mowed, it's piss. It's piss everywhere. There's too many bird piss. There's too much piss uh, to assume that that grass is clean. Now, for whatever reason... I think reason, we learned from last time that birds don't pee. It's just a pee-poo mixture. Okay, well, it's still something you can't really yeah, see. Yeah, no, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, points But stands. you're right, that's right. So it's still something you can't really see, so you don't feel too weird if you're walking in it. But, I mean, do insects piss? I don't know. But I'm I know they're everywhere. Bet, yes, I mean, they got to eliminate waste somehow, right? They're not making much waste, but they still got to eliminate it. Probably comes out their eyes or something, you know, yeah. I don't know, but... Your lawn is covered and you ever just like, uh, I don't know, hypothetically, if you took some mind altering drug and laid in the grass, you will notice there are a lot more bugs in that grass than you're giving it credit for. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just don't mm-hmm. see them because they're deep in there and you're not looking for them, but they piss 
Oh, they piss. <laughs> they, they piss. Everyone pisses. And so I just think there's piss everywhere. And so you would at some point have to be okay with eating the the, the piss grass. And maybe that's yeah. fine. But I mean, whatever you're eating now is, you know, I'm, I'm sure you could like uh, people saying that whatever you're eating is disgusting, like not necessarily piss covered, but, you know, like it used to be the guts of a, a, a cow and they, uh, you know, like uh, did something real brutal to this cow. And if you saw one of them slaughterhouses, you wouldn't want to eat that steak. You know, there's there's all this all this stuff and the, the piss stuff, like as far as the walking around and piss, uh, you know. If piss is everywhere, then piss is nowhere. If you think that's about right, it. it's like, like cancel culture. If it's a can, yeah. If, if it's a constant state of piss and like uh, it hasn't, like this, this goes to uh, you know what 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 do germs mean to you? Like I, uh, anytime <laughs> I listen to the musers, um, you know, I'm, I'm always struck by this of like you know, Gordon will talk about like uh, you know that like you're you're walking around and your shoes are getting everywhere and. Or like, you know, your shoes are walking through a bathroom and then like, uh, you know, they, you sit down in your car and then like you also put your bag down. Like, you know, if you ever have someone in your passenger seat and then you put your computer bag down uh, where their feet used to be, now, now your computer is pretty much just covered in human shit. Right. And my point is always like, yeah, but there's no consequence. Like if, if, if having your well, computer COVID. covered in shit was going to lead to you getting the coronavirus, then we would all have the coronavirus. Like wh- whatever consequences of these things that you're now observing, th- that you're only observing now, but have been constantly true throughout, you know, all of uh, modern times. Like the, you know, it's, it's just not hurting you. Like aside from you, a germaphobe, like, you know, shaking, thinking about like, oh, all these germs. Um, you know, th- there's that drawback, but if you're like me and you're just like, eh, fuck it, not thinking about it, then, uh, th- then there is literally no consequence to, uh, all of your things being covered in poo particles. Then just, then you can eat the grass. Yeah. Well, Trump can't eat the grass. Doesn't taste good enough now. Yeah, no, Trump wouldn't be able to eat the grass. That it's would be weird. Sorry, what's up? Well, I was just going to say, it's kind of weird that they, and I'm sure that on one of these like Nordic cooking shows that they absolutely do have a fussy grass dish. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I feel whenever I eat like Brussels sprouts. That's to me the most. Might as well be grass. That's the most. This just seems like. I don't know a non idiotic way to say this, but. Like, I don't, you see the carrot when it's underground, right? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I mean. It just, to me, the Brussels sprout looks the closest to something you would just kind of come upon in nature and be like, oh, look at these here. Like, remember when you were a kid, people would be like, oh, you can eat these berries that you find, but not these. The Brussels sprout kind of looks like something you would just happen upon. A carrot does not. Yeah, that's fair. Like now, I, if I was a different just, deal. If I was walking through a forest and like tripped over a carrot, I'd be like, holy fuck. Exactly. Or like asparagus. Yeah. I don't even fucking know where asparagus, I have no idea where it comes from, how it's grown or harvested. No idea. It is crazy how much uh, the foods we eat, how few of them like occur naturally around us constantly. And I'm sure if they, they did, then they would get harvested or whatever because, you know, they have, val- they have value. So you're not just going to leave leave it in the ground but you know what are you gonna do look at these little shoots of asparagus just sticking up through the ground is that, that what, looks is that, that's how they hang out looks where, wildly where are they inefficient native to? here's europe okay here's that europe makes sense. uh which why does it, i mean to me i was kind of taught that they can't they can't farm shit and that's why they wanted that's why they were so stoked on over here <laughs> Well, the reason they're so stoked on over here, uh, I, I had one history class that taught me, like my, my freshman level history class in college, 
I I didn't catch like any of what they said, but except for like one day of class where the guy was just describing what America was actually like prior to Europeans getting here. And we think that it's all just like kind of like it is now, but like a little bit better. Maybe Uh, this motherfucker was trying to tell me, and I think I've told this on the podcast before that you can't like stick your hand into a river without just being covered in fish. You can't throw a single rock without hitting a delicious fatty deer. You know, just it was a land of abundance and like, you know, we just like now, now like Europe then was like we are now because like it'd been properly harvested and they'd gotten everything out of it. They could get out of it for quite some time. But, you know, we, we just had fucking, you know, I mean, you know about the Buffalo. Everyone knows about the Buffalo, right? They used to have Buffalo in San Antonio. I learned that. That doesn't surprise me. Basically, you're saying it was kind of like the Great Valley in the land before time. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. And so that's what it was like whenever Francisco Francisco got over here. He was like, this is just like the Great Valley. Yeah. 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 That's what he said. It's I fucking in, it's love in those book. movies, man. It was in Portuguese, though. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, I know so little about that language, I can't do a send up that would get me in trouble. <laughs> you've been to portugal you can't give me a, a stereotypical accent no not really not really i mean it just sounds like spanish that i understand even less um than than my normal struggles with spanish but you know i wouldn't say it's like i would say it's a little prettier maybe but i don't know maybe i'm just comparing that to the version of spanish that i already don't understand but i don't know the Great Valley, baby. Man. <laughs> whenever, whenever you were in Portugal, you uh, hung out with our uh, our diplomat listener, and uh, I was listening to the podcast you're wrong about again because I'm just obsessed with that thing now. The DC Sniper ones are going to blow your goddamn mind, but I was listening to the Elian Gonzalez one because, hey, that's fucking great, um, and uh, I... They, they were talking about uh, Castro's reaction to the Elion thing. And so I went and uh, uh, I, I, I texted our man. It was just like, um, I'm hearing here that you went to work every single day under a statue of Elion Gonzalez. Is that true? And he was like, yeah, kind of pretty much. <laughs> that's that's quite a move to uh, like as the U.S. has Elion and he's like, give us back Elion that to uh, to really drive the point home. He had uh, a statue built where it's it's not like like I don't think it's like at the base of the statue. It says like a uh, Cuban hero and Elion, but it's uh, it's some like major figure in Cuban history and he's holding a child like protectively and they just put it right in front of like the U.S. consulate pretty wild it, it would pretty be wild. like if the cowboys put a jamal adams statue in front of the star right now exactly <laughs> like, or the uh, or the jets if the jets had a consulate in dallas you know <laughs> right uh maybe we could just put it in front of a pizzeria <laughs> it's in front of a standard named like nobody who works at any of those places is named joe or tony although the guy at my place at tony's did say his name was tony but i don't know if i buy it yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think yeah, he just know. needed to roll with the character because he had named the restaurant Tony's. <laughs> that would be stunning. <laughs> if you like knew someone through that whole transformation. If like Tyler started a restaurant like, yeah, but it my was name's called Brad. like uh, Jose's or something, he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm Jose. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of something I've got to be now. Um, <laughs> I have a few. Boy, I just found out about this for you. Awesome. Uh, so we talked about this a little bit last week. Um, the Texas Ranger name change thing. Mm -hmm. And I finally had a chance to read the entire Texas monthly article. And I don't know that I'll ever have time to read this book. That's going to come out, which is why all these articles are coming out now and why the statue, um, at love field got taken down. Yeah. It's not good, bud. Oh no. Yeah, no, I I <laughs> read it so good. far as the uh the stuff about the uh the gentleman um that the statue was carved in, but that but then I got kind of distracted and didn't finish yeah, reading. Yeah, it's I mean, I think my point was kind of well, the reason this is a little thorny is two part one that 
a law enforcement agency that is just enforcing the laws that it's told to enforce is not the same as a Confederate monument. Just the idea of that is not the same. And then two, as you pointed out, yeah. like there's, there's still an agency and now they do things like look for Tom Brady's Jersey or, <laughs> uh, I don't know. They investigate sex crimes. I mean, they definitely have a uh, quickly toss the hot potato of the Amber Geiger case back to someone else. <laughs> I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly, uh, and this is almost certainly wrong, but gave Joey Gallo an escort up from Round Rock whenever <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. when he was called up on short notice. But man. Well, I think the that stuff. was actually, he got confused. He said it was the Texas Ranger. It was just Cam Lowe was driving the car in front. <laughs> Did Cam Lowe have a snake? <laughs> That's a great question. One I'm going to assume that he did. Because why else would you ask? Snake. Yeah, I just, I confuse a lot of those era of Ranger kind of spares. But yeah, dude, it's pretty much a, uh, in fact, uh, a, let's see what year this was. A 1957 a uh, piece of legislation to try to eliminate the Rangers uh, representative from San Antonio said, quote, we don't need a state Gestapo anymore. And if you read about like, uh, I don't know, the late 1800s, it's not that bombastic of a claim. They were kind of the strike team just told, hey, uh, we're not real worried about it. Just make these people go away. So much so that um, I think this was 1855. This is a a border town, but on the Mexican side of the border when the Rangers uh, burned it to the ground, looted, set fire. Uh, This book excerpt says they were said to be uh, hunting Indian raiders, but they were probably looking for escaped slaves for bounty. And that incident was recognized to the degree that the U.S. government actually paid the residents of that town reparations. Oh, shit. So um, they were used probably primarily for violence against Indians and Mexicans, but they were also used as uh, hunters of escaped slaves in Texas and in Mexico and... Again, I don't know that it really changes my opinion on the name because I think it doesn't really matter much. It's not the same as the Confederacy to me, but this is also uh, item one in things I didn't know about at all. Because obviously, if you're our age, uh, maybe this is not age dependent, you go to a a museum or really anything about Texas history, then it is as clean of a white knight version of a story as you're going to get when it comes yeah, to the Texas sure Rangers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a Texas Ranger Museum. Yeah. You think they tell that story there? No, nah, I don't think that they do. And I think, in fact, um, either at that museum or in at the Capitol, they have a copy of the book that is considered still the definitive truth of the Rangers. And it was written in like 1935. So how do you think... How do you think? <laughs> the book surmises they did a great job. Yeah, they looked at <laughs> Texas Rangers, A Century of Frontier Defense is the name yeah, of it. Yeah, <laughs> do you think yeah, that yeah. title evokes a, a, a full, fully painted picture? So that's one. Two. Uh, Camlo did have a snake. Okay, fuck yeah. My memory's not yeah. as bad as I thought. Big ass snake. Um, so this was, this came to us, uh, to me from an emailer couple weeks ago i don't know if he's a podcast guy or not but i do think it's a little bit weird and i don't know if these these conversations come up in your extended family at all since you know you do kind of have some mexican in-law heritage now and i don't know how much they talk about these things but clearly most of the issues surrounding the public debate right now, uh, right now have to do specifically what, with black people. And I don't think that's like wrong, um, sure. given the images we've seen and the topics we're tackling. But sometimes I even feel weird when we don't include like Mexican-Americans in it or Latino people at all. And I don't know why I feel weird other than just I've always kind of said minorities – and the 
their poor treatment at the hands of the state rather than you know focusing on one group and like i said this is a little different because these conversations are about one group but have you ever heard of the 1917 bath riots i don't think so rings at the tiniest of bells but you know who knows what that means in my brain go ahead okay so in the bridge between el paso and juarez in 1917 the ins um would i guess this is uh for i want to say like at this time they were allowing mexican immigrants basically i don't know if it's just basically to just come on in but it was not like yeah. It I was going to say that about the Rangers. I think that it the like I, I I think it's you know the the twenties before we had any kind of codified immigration like right. l- limits restrictions whatever. It was just like they would check your papers to like you know see that you don't have AIDS and like that's it. Did you not like the AIDS joke? Sorry, I was going to say, I liked the joke. It just might come off poorly like 45 seconds before what I'm about to tell you. Which is that... So were you gone there or were you just laying out? No, no, I had my mic off. I'm trying to stop it so I don't pick up too much room noise. Uh, But, you know, your AIDS joke was great. Okay, thank you. At the bridge, the INS required Mexicans to strip naked and be disinfected with various chemical agents, including gasoline, kerosene, sodium cyanide, sulfuric acid, before gaining entry to the United States. Cyclone B, which was the fumigation of choice on the U.S.-Mexico border, was later used in the gas chambers of Nazi Germany. Indeed it was. Police officers also accused of taking and sharing nude photography of Mexican women bathers. Jesus. Um, And this eventually led to a riot. I would hope so. At the border. And it uh, it got, you know, there's a a lady named uh, Carmelita Torres who is hailed by, it says by some here, as the Latina Rosa Parks um, for refusing to exit a trolley that uh, she was being demanded to. It's just a, a, it's a, uh, it's a tough scene. TC. Um, and I just, the idea of a hundred years ago, bathing people in gasoline before they get entrance into the U S is it's, uh, hard to read. Yeah. Hard to I, read. They uh, lit a bunch of people on fire, um, be- that had been covered in, you know, accelerants. So that's, uh, only a hundred years ago. And then my last one, and then I'll turn it over to you is what do you know about stone mountain? I mean, uh, the laser show. You do know about that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's a bad, see, bad deal. Do you know? Like, okay. So I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about this other than it's referenced in, you know, the eye of a dream speech. But I, I didn't uh, know. I, I've I've seen many uh, attempts to get uh, um, Outcast put up instead, and those those efforts have my full support. Well, it's time because I've now seen a video of it, and it looks kind of cool. You know, they're shining lasers up onto a mountain that has Confederate generals riding horses um, engraved in it. But when it's at night during the laser show, you can't see it, or you can't see the engravings at the beginning. And the mountain was actually erected by the KKK um, or, you know, a guy, a couple guys who were in the KKK. And at the end of this laser show, they, <laughs> they blast these lasers up onto the side of this mountain and uh, illustrate Confederate generals like riding away on their horses, like cheering. And it's fucking creepy, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, I bet. Uh, I the first time I ever heard about it, and I've heard about it, you know, since. But uh, my ninth grade science textbook, when trying to illustrate like and just talk about lasers, was just like, uh, here's an example of lasers. <laughs> Jesus, I'm like, there's a lot else going on there in that picture, pal. You want to talk about that? Wow. Um, and then, then the other note I have regarding this is uh, there was a time on New Year's I uh, 
picked up a couple passengers from a, a Leonard Skinner concert at the AAC. They were going back to their hotel so they could rest up for the big game the next day. They were Nashville Predators fans. And uh, they told me that uh, in Nash, and I, I was a little bit nervous about where they stood on all this because they had just come from a Leonard Skinner concert. But uh, they were around my age, and I want to be clear, I do not hate Leonard Skinner by any means. Uh, three steps, you know, fucking, it slaps. Um, but uh, yeah, they, uh, they, they were telling me that uh, there was, there's, I, I think that they were saying like Dolly Parton owns it. It was someone like that, like some female country singer owns some kind of like theater where they just do like Civil War re- rec- recreations, but like they do great at the end. <laughs> like it's just people all get together oh yeah people all get together and watch this and i don't know if it's like that they're retelling the whole thing as if the south had won or if they're only talking about like a very specific battle where they did well but uh like the the whole thing is to get (laughs) get everyone together and feeling good about how great our boys fought yeah i mean obviously that's kind of at the heart of all of this but this one just seems particularly weird because it was actually erected by the KKK. And this story from The Guardian, it's a little bit old. I think it probably was published around the time of the Unite the Right uh, rally, the Charlottesville uh-huh. stuff. Um, and then someone sent it to me this week. But yeah, it was like known as a mountain range where the KKK would burn uh, burn their crosses. Um. So it's just one of these like, holy fuck, how is that still up there? A uh, very unique geological feature as well. It is. I believe I believe it that's is. number one uh, in its category, and I think that number two is Enchanted Rock, but it might be flipped. That they're both like uh, whatever, whatever kind of stone that is, just the largest croppings of that kind of stone, possibly in the world, certainly in the United States. And by the way, this thing was put up in like the 50s. Yeah, not, yeah, it's not not the eighteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, pre-war, obviously, but yeah, I don't. That's always a weird part of it, but uh, yeah, I just I watched the laser show and I was like, this is fucking cool, and then at the very end, I was like, ooh, oh no, <laughs> why did you have to that, go and ruin the laser show? <laughs> that that's how you're taught about lasers is probably the the best part of this story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at these lasers. Nothing else. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I. I, I don't have a, a, a whole lot. I, I just got a couple odds and ends. And then, um, you know, in, in, anything else you want to discuss in greater detail? I was driving uh, the other day and, you know, many times in my life I've seen someone ride on a car in shoe polish. Uh, in this case, it was just a man had written uh, someone's name and then a year and then a dash and then another year. And uh, <laughs> it was a real fucking bummer of a shoe polish job, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, mainly just because I feel like if you're going to do a death, it needs to be a little bit more resistant than something that's going to, that's certainly washed off with this week's rains. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's like, uh, I think he sometimes will see it like uh, gothic letters, you know, uh, uh, yeah. with, with the, the, the full thing. But I, I, rolling around is like a con, like the, it's the message you want to deliver. I understand the message that you want to deliver is that this person was a kick-ass person and you're never going to forget how kick-ass they are. And that is cool and I support it. But I think the message that comes across is just constantly driving around reminding everyone that they're one day going to die. And I, I thought that most of us were pretty committed to kind of trying to keep that quiet. Yeah, especially on the road. <laughs> yeah, a uh, place where death is uh, uh, never far. Did you ever shoe polish a car? Nah, I can't say that I have. Yeah, I guess you you were out for that window. You were with Mrs. Quackenbush. That's right. Yeah, me and Katie were hanging out carless. Have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a big player. I mean, because... Any highlights? Yeah, and I've I've certainly told you about this before, but... Um, you know, it started with, um, like everything that we did, it started with someone else having an earnest idea and us Mm -hmm. ruining it. So, you know, you'd get 
hottie in a box if it was somebody's birthday. Not not mm, me, okay. but like yeah. somebody's girlfriend would put that on there. Sorry about this dumb kid. Uh, I can't even hear it. Somebody's girlfriend would do that to their car, like oh, sexy in a box, or uh, you know, oh uh, three graduate in a box, or the, the in a box thing became popular because then it would just outline the where you would see the driver, and then it would put an arrow. Very clever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's kind of a step up from your normal, um, the ones you would get <clears throat> for like youth sports. You know, people would, that stuff sucks so bad. But all the parents' cars would have like their name, like Junior Broncos and like your number on it, which I just cannot imagine someone doing that to my car today. You don't see as much of that anymore, I don't think. But uh, yeah, and that, that quickly now it's, now it's just death reminders, <laughs> right? Yeah, and like the little stick figures mm-hmm. have taken the place of shoe polish. But I mean, it quickly turned for us into putting on each other's cars like pedo in a box, <laughs> or you know, uh, box in a box, possibly. Yeah, uh, Al Qaeda supporter in a box. <laughs> that was a big one, and from there it ramped up to doing it to random cars of people that were not high school students. <laughs> Oh, no. So you would just come out in the morning to go to your job at the corrugation place, and it would <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And it, it, and it, yeah, it's very much like the lesbian I don't like mobile. Al-Qaeda at all. It was very much like the lesbian mobile, or the slut mobile, right? The Tom, Grief, uh, Tom Green thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the low-rent version of the slut mobile. <laughs> What's wrong, Dad? Do you not like the slut mobile? <laughs> He got, it was like a woman eating out another woman, right? <laughs> yeah, like really, really well painted on the hood of his dad's car. Like I think they were pixelating the out the... Tonguing the... each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> and then I think he like followed his dad. Uh, his dad is like, I'm taking the bus. And so he took, <laughs> he took the car and followed Honking the bus. It to his dad's job and pulled up out front. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's Um, basically what we were after is just, you know, and it's probably caused the guy or the lady 10 minutes of inconvenience, which is more than you should be causing other people for no reason, but it was how I reasoned it to myself. I'd love to hear more about this whole thing. I was just thinking maybe uh, uh, just a, a, a round table of your various uh, girlfriends throughout high school and college. Do you think we could ever get that together? Probably not, dude. A oh. couple of them I'm still on decent terms with, but for the most part, no. Yeah, didn't one of a- them sell you weed for a long time? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually the girl I lost my virginity to. Hell yeah. Um, but it was more just like I was buying it from her and her boyfriend, who I was cool with. You know, I yeah. didn't, it was like six years before that. Yeah. And he went to the same high school that I did. He's a little, he was a year older than me, but yeah, I mean, it's like, she was a very cool person. Um, so yeah, that one, I haven't kept, t- you know, I mean, this is one, that's one of probably the only drawback of not being on Facebook. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have any idea what anybody that I don't still kind of speak to. That's, it's an odd dichotomy of the way that I, have proceeded into my mid thirties and into adulthood is I would say I probably spend more time with people that I knew from the age of 12 on than anybody that I know, but I know very little about what's happening outside that group of people. And I yeah, mean, basically that's, that's nothing. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I mean, we, even last week, somebody told me about a girl I knew and a guy I knew that are married now. And they were a couple years apart, and I was like, what the fuck? And they're like, yeah, they've been married for a few years. And I'm like, I had no idea those people even knew each other. And that comes up like a lot. So That's fair. It would be hard for me to to track down too many of them. Uh, do you, uh, have, have you had uh, Richland Ferrets suggested to you 700 times already? Surely I'm You're not the first, first one, one to think that up. I, no way. I'm the first one? Yeah. Wow. Because they're changing know, they, the name, right? Or at least they're thinking about it? No, they voted on Friday to change it unanimously. Two ferrets? No, they haven't named a name yet, but that one would be cool, though, because 
Uh, we got to get that done, dude. That's I like it because I'm really into the whole the idea that a group of ferrets is called a business. Yeah, yeah. Give them the business. Could Give be them your the new business, fucking, baby. Yeah. It writes yeah. itself. Dude, I guarantee you whoever's deciding this is a fucking P1. If we get the whole station behind Richland Ferrets, I feel like this is a done deal. I know the coach is a P1. <coughs> not like a huge one. No way. But enough of one to where he listens, but not enough of one to where he didn't a couple times ask me to come speak at something at noon. <laughs> All right, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this sure, not, I'll be there. Yeah, maybe we could tape a like a hologram type situation. You could play that. How about for just him, put but, the radio in front of the kids? They'll hear me that way. Right. Um, it was cool though because he posted a bunch of photos the other day where uh, the kids had already taken down the E B E L S in the field house, like with him, like before that's the vote. Nice. They were just yeah, like, "Yeah, cool. we're gonna go ahead and." knock this out so that made me i don't know halfway proud yeah considering our our notes to date have essentially been uh the kid who killed himself in the bathroom and uh the poop dollar really mm-hmm. the only time mm-hmm. we've been only the two times i can think of that they've been on the local news i i you, you must have told me this but i was uh i i've since we had the conversation about um you got a house uh, phone over there yeah, yeah, that's the kind of technology we're dealing with. Nice. Look, it's yeah, it's it gives you the uh, it's the readout caller ID. You remember that? Oh, of course, yeah. I'm pretty sure my dad still has it. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. There's not a single person alive who is living further below their technologically capable means than my dad. That's great. Well, you know, I mean, he's been in his house so long. He hasn't really had a chance to refresh. Yeah, my, like my brother went over there for a few days, like a month ago, and texted me like, "Hey, need I need your Netflix password?" And then like an hour later, "Hey, I need HBO." And like an hour later, he was like, uh, "It doesn't appear like Dad has ESPN up yet. I'm gonna need your ESPN." Pa-. I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" Like this could have all been done day one if I were moving in, and I'm certainly working with a lot, you know, shorter deck than you are, but whatever. Because all of the, uh, I would say that's like old people's technology adoption. I feel like streaming video is is the top one. Like everyone watches Netflix. Not everyone. I mean, not yeah, obviously not everyone. Everyone, but I, I feel like you'll uh, find plenty of people that are like this cell phone. What the fuck does it do? That still watch Netflix a little bit. Yeah, no, I would agree. That's why I'm saying he's even uh, outside of that realm, which is. Amazing. So I don't know how I haven't looked at this first or before now, mm-hmm. but the notable alumni for Richland only has four names and I only recognize one of them. Okay. And I would say that in DFW, if you just took a vote of like across the, the, the cities, uh, who, who, who do they say is the most notable alumni? I think you're winning this thing hands down. Am I so, on there? You are not on there okay, uh, yeah. yet. I'll, I'll, I'll handle that once we're done here. Okay. Um, but uh, we've got Cambry Cruz. Any idea? No. Author of the New York Times bestseller, Burn Down the Ground, a memoir, a book about her chaotic childhood with deaf parents. How old does it say she is? She's a comedic storyteller. She's class of 89. She is 48. Mm. How do you spell that name? K-A-M-B-R-I-C-R-E-W-S. And uh, you should know this based on the 48 and the fact she's a notable alumni, but you're interested. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Uh, Next on the list, Craig Lancaster. Any idea? Nothing. He's an author. His novel, 600 Hours of Edward, is his, uh, his top, top achievement. Not a, Just a guy not a, mainlining Edward or reports. Mainly. Um, then uh, Gary Morris. This list is bullshit, man. You know, I, I, now that I've looked at it, I do know who Gary Morris is. 
I didn't know it before, but would you like to know about more about Gary Morris? Music. He uh, he he's a country singer, and he uh, he wrote "The Wind Beneath My Wings." Okay, he's certainly number one right now. But um, and then then you know Wendy Davis. Yeah, Wendy Davis. Uh, man, I want to say I maybe she wasn't an alum. But man, one of one of the females who is a very prominent politician taught school there, and I want to say it, I want to say it might have been Kay Bailey Hutchison. Maybe that's not right. Now I got to figure this one out. But also, there was a guy who uh, I think won a couple PGA events. <laughs> well, he didn't make the uh, make the page. Um, so I'm I'm saying based Mark on that, Brooks. I th- I think we can get this done, dude. I I, I think Richland Ferrets is fait accompli. That's my opinion. Mark Brooks finished 24th in the 2002 Masters. Okay, he I won the name PGA. his school after him based on that. He won the PGA in 1996. That's pretty fucking good, dude. He finished second in the U.S. Open in 2001, third in the Open Championship in 95. I mean, if you're only going to win tough. one event, that's that's not the one I would pick. You know, no. Kind of a no, weak major. Yeah, I mean, I think I could get at least on the top five, but... Unless Wendy Davis wants to name him the poo-poo piss diaper. <laughs> <laughs> the Richland poo-poo piss diapers. I, do, the, I, I like where it could go. The filibusters. Just call them the busters. And it's kind of an implied thing. Like, uh, and they're, uh, they're, their mascot is a teenage boy with his eyes bulging out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, about to say I, I'm about to buzz. I'm about to shoot. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody famous that went to Excel? Me, bitch. Else? Katie Quackenbush. Okay, yeah, she's a murderer. Uh, there's, well, I mean, that's, you know, uh, all news is, is good news. All, all there's press the prepper. Is good press. There's the prepper. She's been on TV. Um, there's a guy who, like, uh, if you read his website, <laughs> here, I'll just read you his bio on his website. Gallant Dill is a true self-made entrepreneur who rose from the bottom. So that's the kind of stuff he writes about himself on his website. I, I can almost that guarantee exists. you I know what that website looks like. <laughs> yeah. And I also can guarantee you he's got like 10 bucks in the bank account and about 15 credit cards that are maxed out. Could be Jeez. wrong. Would, would, lo- would love to be wrong. I never met him. I didn't go to school at the same time as him. That's not based on... Uh, that's just my reflexive skepticism of anyone who tells you they're successful. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can tell someone's successful, like, they might be successful based on how much they're flaunting it. But if they're, like, really flaunting it and telling you they're successful, I think the hit rate on them actually being successful is, like, I don't know, 20% at most. Right? Don't you feel that's true? Sure. Um, so there's him. And then uh, there is a guy that plays electronic music around Dallas that like gets mentioned on central track that again, I did not go to school with him. Like I was not there at the same time, but, uh, Colton Carlisle is, uh, an Excel attendee. That sounds kind of familiar, but it also just sounds like a guy who would play electronic music in Dallas. Yes. Yes. So that so might just that, be all I'm leaning on there. That's the list. So you tell me, did I make it to the top? How many downloads their podcasts have? How many chicken sandwiches have they written about? That's great. That's that's exactly right. New York Times mentions. That's what I'm going by. Who's the most famous? Oh, look here, <laughs> one to one to nothing. Uh, I bet Quackenbush got in there. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. And if it wasn't for her first round, her family was almost certainly mentioned in more national media publications over big blankers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I will uh, gladly bow to uh, 
the, the homeless man shooting queen, Katie Quackenbush, oh as the most God. famous, but I'll, uh, I'll take second place. Uh, this podcast's official position is that it is wrong and bad to shoot the homeless. No matter what. No matter what. Well, if they killed one of your children, an eye for an eye, you know. The Hammurabi Hobo Code. I th- I think it would it would apply uh, universally, not just uh, not just homeless people. So I want to save all of the stuff from Tulsa for Thursday. Okay. Um, but man, I had a real time watching that after uh, the in laws were out of town. <laughs> I, I wanted to watch it with them. Um, <laughs> yeah, what was the? She was, was not Kristen's having it. Boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But as far as like uh, stuff that I'm looking at and saying, hmm, a little Tim the Tool Man, hmm. So what are we going to do about this uh, this NASCAR FBI investigation? Well, did you see as we were coming on, uh, yeah. the news broke. They they found out. You you saw this? That it was a door handle. Uh, I just saw that they that they'd been like leaving it around. Like the, the the whatever it was, it it had been there for a year or whatever. Which like, it, and if there's some kind of door handle explanation, I I haven't uh, gotten to that yet, and, and would love to know that because because what I was learning was like it, it was a very uh, yay boo of like it wasn't left specifically to intimidate a black driver. Yay! They just have a bunch of nooses hanging around. <laughs> boo. Yeah, it's a very confusing story because, so, NASCAR is saying that it was there, and then there's some pictures that were circulating that showed it, like, tied to a door handle, which means that it was cut down as evidence whenever someone in his garage saw it, called NASCAR, they came in and said, oh, this is bad, they cut it down, they then determined... I guess with photographic evidence that it was there beforehand and was attached to a door handle. But the weird thing about that is... Yeah, they're saying garage door pull ropes. So just if, if you're trying right. to get the garage door down, that makes sense. So the weird thing about it, though, to me, is that NASCAR released a statement beforehand. Like before this investigation, it was like, oh, this is really bad. We found a noose. Like... Don't you wait and see if, I don't know, if there's one of those in every garage or if uh, it was hanging to a door handle and you could look at the garage next to it and there's one. I don't know. It just seemed weird that they came out really early and were like, hey, this is unacceptable. They called it a noose. And then now they're kind of having to do the, no, actually not. So I don't know. This is a really weird... The way the the way that everyone galvanized around it, especially as it turns out that there wasn't anyone who was specifically attempting to intimidate their driver, I I think that they probably don't have a whole lot of regrets about the whole situation. Like I right. I, I, I think true. that this made people talk about NASCAR a lot a lot more than they otherwise would have, and like. You know, if if you'd had like a split, you know, like some of the drivers being like, "Well, maybe you shouldn't be here," then like they'd be fucked. But like they did a great job of uh, of of handling it. Um, so I I don't think that they they are are, are wanting it back necessarily. But yeah, I, I think that someone at like the like at NASCAR, uh, you know, if they had regrets that this had become such a large story, might might have wanted to do something differently. But I I think that how that probably works is just that you know the the person who finds it, I could see having a strong reaction to that. You know, walking in, seeing it hanging there, knowing who I'm working for and being like, dude, what the fuck? Like something's got like, y- we got to find this person. And then and then whoever is at NASCAR that's writing the statement, you know, is, is probably somewhat in communication with that person. Like, like that they just take it up a chain and that the beginning of this starts with someone who's really fucking pissed off that this really bad thing happened. And I think the coverage makes sense from that angle, right? I would just figure if you're working in those garages all the time that that would be something that you wouldn't be freaked out about. Maybe, but I don't know. I'm not, I can confidently say I've never been in one of those garages. So I'm probably the wrong guy to ask, but 
What sucks about this is the same thing that sucked about Juicy Small Yay. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> the see this doesn't happen if one or two incidents are proven to be false end up, as always, becoming a way bigger deal. And then I just ram my head into concrete as many times as I can um, until I pass out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I that's hear what's what you're going saying. to happen. I mean, this is a Clay Travis special, right? It'll be yeah, but like the people who buy it are going to be the same people who buy dumb bull- Like this is not an opinion moving event, and like of the opinion moving events that have happened in the last six months, like an overwhelming amount of the movement has uh, been in a positive direction. So I don't know. Uh, in a weird way, I'm pretty happy with my fellow man right now you know i would agree um despite what i was just saying just because i know every one of these stories turns into uh see none of this is real but yeah, that's probably I mean, there's, from a much there's smaller definitely going to be people of... yelling about it on the internet i just think that those people are not going to change hearts and minds like the vast majority of things that people yell about on the internet do not change hearts and minds you know like uh your opinions are not formed by you know, like uh, whatever, whatever latest hot take. Like it's not like you used to be a, a hardcore conservative, and then uh, you, you you saw a a tweet and were like, ah, fuck. You know, so I, you know, I, I think every event has pretty a uh, pretty limited impact. I have not finished. I think you're wrong, or what is it? You're, you're wrong, wrong about? about. Yeah. But I have almost finished Rabbit Hole. I have not heard about Rabbit Hole. Tell me. It's a New York Times podcast that uh, one of the guys that's on the daily pretty often did, and it's just, I think Bob actually put me onto it. And you're right that probably most people's opinions are not changed that much by what they hot takes they read on the internet, but for the people who their opinions are, it is an insane ride. Like, guy who's edgelord, chat room guy, uh, hardcore... Um, Jordan Peterson, Rogan guy who kind of threw a crazy twist of, of, of information being put in front of him becomes hardcore like Bernie guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, it's just, it's insane because I, I just don't identify with someone who's that malleable. Now I'm not saying you can't like change your mind about things. We all have, but the type of person who is who is susceptible to yo-yoing to one side uh, of uh, these sort of debates turns out they're pretty susceptible to yo-yoing back and forth. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know, I, I think that there's some research that indicates that sometimes we'll have those big swings. We always end up back around like a similar poll. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I. I remember hearing something about it. I do not remember it well enough to actually represent it. So, uh, you know, whatever. Don't pay attention to that part of the podcast. But, um, uh, fuck, I had another thought and I I just totally forgot it. Well, the story in anybody that they interview for those things, the sad part is it's all almost pretty much the same, which is someone who, to go like full Buzz Bissinger, like lives in their their parents' basement they work a yeah. job that they don't see much hope in, and they literally consume 10 hours of YouTube for the rest of the day. Yeah, like, yeah, as yeah. As they're going to sleep, when they wake up, even when they're sleeping. <laughs> and how, however that person, like, you know, I, it's not hard for me to understand why they're looking for something, you know? Right. Whatever they want and need is probably not in their life right now. And, uh, you know, YouTube's an easy place to search for it. Probably not an effective one all the time, but, you know, maybe there's some good stuff on there. CKY videos, like we said. But the the point I was going to make that went out of my head was... I fixed the diaper genie with it this morning. Oh, oh, yeah? Nice nice work, dude. Well, Um, it's actually pretty simple, but I don't think I would have been able to figure it out without YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, I, the, the kind of person you're talking about that swings wildly from one way to the other, I would say that that's anyone between the ages like 16 and 22, right? Yeah, maybe 25, but definitely you're not getting too many people in their 30s. Like when I was in high school, I, I would assume this is typical. I mean, obviously everyone starts from this spot at some point. I just had no idea like what the two parties were. 
you know, like I knew their names, like that, that's it. You know, and like, I remember, uh, you know, my teacher was like, uh, like he, he was assigning me a task as if I like definitely knew the difference between the two. Like he was giving me an essay. Like he's like, you know, give the Democrat side of this. And I just gave something that was like, absolutely not the Democrat side of that. It was, I gave a very libertarian take and was like, Oh, I thought that I thought that's what they did. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> and you know, like, uh, that, that's, that's whenever you can have big swings in opinion is whenever you find out the Democrats are not the party of the libertarians. <laughs> then you're like, Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. But as machine said a few weeks ago, they are the party or the viewpoint of the 13 year old. Is that so? The libertarian. I don't remember that part. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant Democrats. No, no. Um, just that, no, that's, that, yeah. that one makes a lot of sense. Whenever you're in eighth grade. Oh yeah, my yeah. God! Yes. <laughs> no rules. Me? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no bedtime. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Nobody can tell me what to do, man. You want to end on a very brief? Uh, so they got away with that, huh? Always. So, ha- have you listened to the uh, Chandra Levy you're wrong about? I assume you would have told me if you did. Yeah, no, I'm I'm knocking one at a time out. On I'm almost done with Rabbit Hole. Okay, um, I th- so you might already know this because I don't. I mean, I think you'll learn some things from the Chandra Levy you're wrong about, uh, but you know, d- less than you would from something else because it's a story that you've been uh, sickly fascinated with for quite some time. Obsessed, I would say. Um, so I, I would like to say, uh, so they got away with that, huh? Categorically, you would you would have to uh, come, come to the conclusion that Chandra Levy's killer got away with that, huh? Yeah, and I mean, it sucks because you're working with way more information than I have right now. So I d- don't even know. Uh, I have like three bullet points on this story, and one of them is a rap line. Um, so it's not... <laughs> While I like the reference and I, in general, like sorted political tales, be they wide stance or intern, what I know beyond that about it is what you've told me like in the last two weeks. Well, I'm but very it doesn't proud appear of you. that anybody's searching for the real killer. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud of you for not immediately saying that, uh, yeah, Gary Condit did run free. <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, they like, so they never I charged. I don't think Condit. he did it. No, no, he did not. You're not getting your hands dirty with that. Um, but so that I, I, I think that you probably, at least whenever I say it, will recall that there was a guy who had attacked two other women in Rock Creek Park yeah. that, uh, like had got, like had not shown up to work the day that, that Chandra Levy disappeared and I think like had some kind of like somewhat confused confession or no, he, they asked him like, so had you seen her around Rock Creek Park? And he was like, oh yeah, definitely. And they were like, did you kill her? And he was like, nope. <laughs> you know, you just, this one random person in Rock Creek Park, you happen to be like, oh yeah, I definitely know that I've seen them there. <laughs> like the fucking stranger at a park. He gives a yes on that. But then it's like, but uh, just kept right on walking. <laughs> whatever I did, but it stood out to me. Um, and like, maybe that's bullshit because she, her face had been on the news for quite some time. So maybe that's where he thought he saw her from is rock Creek park, but it was actually the news. Uh, but yeah, so that guy, that's, that's the full, uh, bounty of evidence against him. Um, that he did attack two other women in rock Creek park where it, it appeared like he was trying to kill both of them, but they got away. Um, and, uh, he was not at work that day, but as far as like, putting any like DNA from him on her or anything like that. I mean, her body was, this is sick, but like it, it was so decomposed that you're not getting much out of it uh, by the time it was found. Um, and there, there's a lot of stuff about the police investigation that caused that, that I, I, you know, I encourage everyone to go and listen to you're wrong about, but uh, that guy seemed like the strongest suspect did not have slam dunk evidence against him. Um, he did have a jailhouse informant that, uh, said that he had said that he had done it. Oh, um, always, the, always reliable. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but I think that that guy, that guy got out of jail and then like, uh, ended up doing like a bunch of other like bulls, like just was clearly not reformed and like still very much a criminal. Um, and like some lady like made a bunch of tapes of him, like talking about how much of a criminal he was. 
Uh, and so th- the at that point, the DA decided that they just couldn't use his jailhouse confession, that the rest of the case wasn't strong enough. And the uh, the gentleman who uh, we're talking about that uh, did the other attacks, is a uh, he was a, an illegal immigrant, so they just deported him, and that was the end of it. So no one has ever been... I think he got charged, but then the charges were dismissed whenever the jailhouse informant fell apart. So no one has ever been convicted of Chandra Levy's killing. So whoever did it did get away with that, huh? I wonder how that was treated whenever that person was deported. They're just like, oh, I don't know. He's, uh, <laughs> like, did they so, throw a party for him when he got back? Well, like, I wasn't going to say that. Welcome but back. Did, I doubt he was, you know prosecuted to the full extent of the law in in whatever country he immigrated from they're, they're kind of like oh um yeah we're kind of tied up in this 9-11 thing too now well he he served like a decade for the uh the attacks he, he definitely did prison time <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm with you but i i i realized i had not presented a full picture that included uh this man spending a good bit of, more time than i would like to spend in the uh, federal penal system, or probably not federal. Or I, don't, I don't know how does how does Washington D.C. work. I would think that would be federal, and definitely more time than uh, than Gary Condit. Well, he he had actually done something wrong, so yes. Okay, fine. All right, dude. I'll talk to you on Thursday. Yep. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next. So until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.